Welcome back to the 40 Man uh, Podcast. My name is Devin Bomshin. I'm your host, as always. This is baseball's past, present, and future. For the average fan, by the average fan, like normal, I am joined by a good friend of mine, baseball expert, maybe uh, maybe you could call him Nevin Drake. He's here to my left. And what did we do this last weekend, Nevin? Uh, I guess it was Monday, but what did we do? Took a nice little trip up to St. Louis for a birthday game for our friend Brady. Caught the Royals playing the Cardinals in a rain or postponement makeup game. Had a good time, other than the final score. You know, uh, everyone going, being Royals fan due to uh, the Royals being that hometown team situation, uh, we were a little disappointed with the loss. Uh, It hurts to lose one to nothing, but it hurts even more that it's 2022 and the Royals lost one nothing with Zach Grinke on the mound. Uh, So, you know, it's a little flash from the past, if you will. But that's not the only thing that we did while at the game. We didn't just sit there and watch in um, Nevin and I's powder blues and Brady's navy blue or dark blue jersey. Red. Um, or red. Royal blue. Yes, royal blue. Royal blue is the official color. We also got uh, pretty good seats. We were third base side. We were right above the Royals or the visiting dugout there at Bush 3. And um, before the game, we got the opportunity to go down to the dugout like in most situations where players are down there signing stuff. And uh, we got some pretty interesting signatures, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, you know, we got, well, we only got signatures on one ball, which ended up going to Brady because it was his birthday. But first signature on the ball, greatest of all time, Ryan O'Hearn. Yes. Uh, cannot overstate that autograph enough. It was amazing. Uh, secondly... Just a name that I like to uh, talk about quite a bit, Bobby Witt Jr. It was a pretty decent, pretty decent signature, I'd say. This was all pregame, this mind pre-game, you. Pregame, yes. So we got, and we then, got and those then, two to sign Brady's ball. Yes. Which was uh, the moment that we all just kind of froze, didn't realize what happened, and we kind of just were shaking for the next like 15 minutes. And Bobby Witt Jr. spoke words to me. He did. Yeah, I was just, I was waiting for him to get the. Uh, the ball, I was standing down by the net where I couldn't get the ball through. And like I was like panicking because he was like looking at me in the eyes. I was like, Bobby. But I couldn't get the ball through and I looked like an idiot. And then this guy in an Iowa hat of all teams. I hate Iowa. Big Nebraska fan. He goes, here, give me the ball. Give me the ball. And then he, I gave it to him. He hands it around the net. Bobby signs it. And as he signed it, I was like, Bobby, do you like the jersey? And he was like, for sure, man. And I don't know if he was being a dick or, but, or like genuine, but. He's probably tired of people being like super hyped up around him. Well, when you hit, when, when you're the number one prospect for the organization, and the organization has little to nothing going for it other than its prospects, I, I'm sure it does get really, really tiring. He's the number one prospect in baseball. Not was just, the number one prospect. He still is. Is he, he still? He's not graduated yet. Well, I, I think that the the power rankings on that would have changed, especially since he just now hit his first home run no, yesterday. They, they won't update it again until the All Star break. But. Speaking of that, uh, we were at the game on Monday. Uh, Wait. I also, Nicky Lopez. I was like, I love you, Nicky. And he looked at me, pointed at me, and he smiled. I did that a couple times. I always get a reaction out of Nicky. And then Amir Garrett, also, he also pointed at me. He was like, he was like, yo, and I was like, Amir, have my babies. But I didn't say that. Right. But uh, we were at the game on Monday. We then, were on TV a lot. Hey, yeah, we were on TV. If you want to, you can check out the uh, – 
Cardinals Royals highlights, and we're very clear in view on the replay of the one and only run of the game, Paul Goldschmidt's home run. When they cut to that side angle, you can see uh, some powder blue jerseys and a, a royal blue jersey. That's and a sea of red. And a sea of red, yeah. But, and then after the game was over, well, before the game, we got a picture with MJ Melendez. It was really cool. He was a nice guy. He was talking to his parents. Obviously, we didn't barge in on that, but when he was walking back to the dugout, Devin was like, yo, MJ, can we get a picture? And he was super nice about everything. I was like, how's it feel to be up here? And he was like, it feels great, man. It was it was good. It was a good time. MJ's a super nice dude. After the game, he went up, gave his parents a hug, and then we got his signature on the same ball as Bobby and Ryan O'Hearn. And so Brady, Brady's baseball that he has with those three signatures, if he goes and gets it authenticated, that's probably worth a couple of dollars now. And then 15 years down the line when they're both about to be Hall of Famers. Oh, sorry, all three. Ryan O'Hearn for the Yankees. <laughs> Loves Yankee Stadium. But when those two are all-stars, which I imagine they will be, that ball will be worth quite a bit. And it's hard, It's sad to say that, but if he outlives the both of them, which is a possibility, but also not likely at the same time, if you know Brady, um, and how reckless he can be sometimes, especially when driving. Um, Through a construction zone. Uh, that's a side topic for a whole different style of podcast. But uh, if he can outlive the both of them, that ball will be worth thousands, if not more, depending yeah. on how their careers go. Yeah. But we were at that game, so that was a fun game to go to. Cool, fun experience. I've never been to a game at Bush. I love Bush. I've Great been... stadium. Beautiful stadium. People were really nice, too, other than the people. Just the select few that were like, boo, Royals. And I was like, dude, don't care, really. Like, yeah, we were. We got there, and we were there, so there were four of us. There was Brady, four of Nevin, us. my girlfriend went with us, and then myself. Uh, we were all in Royals jerseys, uh, Brady, Nevin, and I in our Bobby Wood Jr. jerseys that I had talked about in the previous uh, Game Experience podcast episode. But then my girlfriend was in uh, a Whit Merrifield white jersey. Uh, we got booed for, like, no reason. Yeah. Right. I mean, I understand there's the I-70 rivalry between the Royals and the Cardinals, but it just goes to show that the Royals are the best team, the best fans in baseball. Yes. Um, I... I did purchase a cream Nolan Arenado jersey. I had to keep myself from spending that much money on a player that I don't care about's jersey. I like I like Arenado. Not I didn't do it because I'm a bad fan. All right, I did it for the simple goal of having a jersey for all MLB teams, which uh, I have you beat on right now. Uh, yeah, I have three different teams right now. I have a purple Charlie Blackman Rockies one, got the powder blue Bobby Wood Jr. one, and then I got the cream Arenado one. And then I guess I have a blank white Royals jersey, too. Just uh, I guess I could go through mine since you mentioned yours. Um, I have, and ironically, Nevin pointed this out while we were looking at my jerseys the other day. Every single player that I have has either been traded or was traded from the team that they were on at some point in their career. Except for Yadi or Molina. Except for Yadi and Bobby so far. Yes. I have a Bobby Witt Jr. Powder Blue Royals. Because the powder blue is like one of the only acceptable Royals jerseys which you can have as a so fan. So clean. That of the City Connects, I really like the City Connect jersey. I don't think you can go wrong with the Royal or the Just don't get the gray one. Right, right. If they could update it so that it, it looks a little better, like release a new gray jersey for them to wear on field, yeah. it would be so much better. But I've got that powder blue, and then technically I have that white Whitmare field jersey that I gave to my girlfriend. Um, and then I have the gray with the yellow accents Josh Bell Pirates jersey. Who I was bought, traded. 
I bought that right after he was traded to the Washington Nationals um, for heck of a steal. I have the the uh, the teal Ichiro jersey from the Mariners. Traded. Traded. But he's still part of their organization, so I'll count that as a W. I've got a white Cardinals jersey because it was on sale. Yadi Molina, probably my third favorite catcher ever. Uh, first one being Salvador Perez, obviously. Second, Kurt Suzuki. Second one being Kurt Suzuki because of how clutch he was in the 2019 World Series run. Um, I have the Black Players Weekend T3 a Trey Turner jersey. Tra- uh, traded. He was traded to the Dodgers last year in uh, the events that made me cry more than anything other than some funerals. Um, and then I have a, uh, what is it, the white with the sparkly gold and then the navy Lorenzo Cain Brewers jersey. Um, he was traded from the Brewers and then he was picked back up after the Royals couldn't afford him anymore. Which I bought after he was already on the Brewers again. Do you have any more? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I've got the uh, the all-star Anthony Rendon Angels jersey. Wasn't traded, but he did sign somewhere. He did sign somewhere else. Um, I think that's all of the jerseys that I have in my closet right now. I may have one or two more back home, but those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. But speaking of Royals at Cardinals and Bobby Wood Jr., uh, back on topic of regular baseball news, Bobby Wood Jr. has hit his first home run of the season. Um, he hit that yesterday, since we're sitting recording this, on May the 4th, Be With You, Star Wars Day. The whole league is on their Star Wars grind today, um, except for Sean Doolittle, who is arguably the biggest Star Wars fan in the MLB. He's not with the, uh, the team at the moment. He's actually doing something else, somewhere else, that I will not discuss because this is not the right podcast for that. He's in D.C. at the moment. Ah. Um, but uh, Bobby Wood Jr. hit his first home run just as J-Rod hit one for the Mariners a couple, couple days, days. ago. Yeah. Uh, you, you keep making the connection. They like to mirror each other. They do. If Bobby goes two for four with a single and a double, Julio will go two for four with a single and a double. It's just crazy. Like If you compare their games... They usually go one for four, maybe mm-hmm. two for three with a walk. It's Julio hits his first one. It took him longer than everybody thought it would. Bobby hits his first one a couple of days later. It took him longer yeah. than everybody thought he would. Both of them at no doubters. Right. Bobby, on the other hand, both though, of them to left center field. That is weird. It's like weird. Destiani. Harrison Bader, I don't like you. Bounce back into play after bouncing off a couple of Cardinals fans' hands, and he threw it up into the fountains, purposefully or not. We don't know. I'm going to say it was. Because he knew that was Bobby's first home run. Threw it into the fountains. Some guy had to fish it out with a fishing net. So Harrison Bader. No, I don't like you anymore. I, I still like him. I like that we can call him Darth... Darth Bader. Darth Bader. Um, but it is interesting that they beard each other. And despite J-Rod being ranked higher in the rookie rankings, according to MLB.com, um, Bobby Wood Jr., I think is... Despite his his hitting streak being snapped today, going over uh, in their competition in Kansas City against the Cardinals today, um, I think that Bobby Wood Jr. is still debatably a better player, especially from the defensive aspect, because he has some pretty serious highlights at third, and he played his first game at, at not a full game. He just moved there in the ninth, I think. Played shortstop for the first time. I didn't get to catch to see if he actually got anything at him, but I'm sure he did fine. That is his natural position. But 
let's get off the topic of Royals baseball yeah. since we like to talk about. We need Royals. to do a Royals podcast, right? Uh, we talk about them way too much. I want to move on to another quick little news segment. I guess we could call it. Um, let's talk about Angel Hernandez real quick. Um, he had that game, the Phillies game, a couple uh, a little while ago, where he had debatably the worst game of an umpire in modern baseball statistics. And we talked a little bit about it the other day, but it came out recently that the MLB will rate umpires' performances different than they rate, or sorry, than the rest of the league, or the TV will show us. Apparently, and this was broken on Twitter by Jeff Passan, who is an absolute savage on Twitter, mind you, uh, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, The MLB rated him, what was it, 90, 98%? That was 90, 96. 96 or something like that, uh, accurate, because they have a two-inch buffer zone that's considered an acceptable call uh, inside and outside the strike zone, which I think is um, uh, unfair. If you're going to have that rank, if you're going to have that rating system for the umpires, we should be able to see it so we can accurately see how well they're doing from a league perspective. Well, there was a there was a thing today in the Rays and A's game because Angel Hernandez has not been behind the plate since that game. And I, I think it was the A's announcer, I want to say. He was like, things have been quiet from Angel Hernandez lately since that whole Phillies-Brewers debacle. And the other announcer goes, well, that's because he hasn't been behind the plate since then. As he called a balk on an A's pitcher that was not a balk and allowed Manuel Margot to advance to second. But another one, uh, another umpiring incident that I saw recently was the tag during the Toronto game the other day. The, uh, the tag by Vladdy that got him ejected from the game because he clearly tagged him on the shoulder. Like you could see, like even on the replays or even just like watching the game live, you could see the, the glove flex as it hit the shoulder on the tag and they called him safe, allowing a run to score and allowing the game to continue. Which, granted, that's on Toronto for not having a challenge because they had already used it and lost it during the game. But that's just ridiculously bad umpiring at that point. And then, I got a kiss. And then, speaking of umpires being controversial, today there was a Madison Bumgarner ejection where he was walking off. I don't remember what inning it was. Might have been like the second inning or something. Uh, he's walking off to do his substance or his check with the umpires, and the umpire is just staring him in the eyes the entire way to him. Doesn't look at his hand at all. Just touches his hand while he just stares straight into Mad Bum's eyes. And obviously, Bum just looking to eject him, and Bumgarner says something. He's like, "Why are you just staring at me?" And then the ump just ejects him like that. Like, when are umpires going to be held accountable for this? That's entirely on the umpire, too, because you, they should know by now. Because he's been in the league since what? like He's a troublemaker. He likes to start He likes to start things just to get himself going, but he didn't do anything He's today. not called Mad Bum for nothing. He didn't do anything today. He was I mean, just getting stared down by the umpire. He's called Mad Bum because that's a shortening of his first and last name. But that doesn't help that his entire personality is being mad all the time. He's he's extremely entertaining to watch, especially when, his, when he was in his prime 
but he's a left-handed Max Scherzer. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a pretty good comparison. Mad Max, Mad Bum. Yeah, but I, that's that's entirely on the umpire, and they're unionized, so they can't be fired. And the league just gives them assignments. They don't even you know they don't do anything about any kind of bad umpiring or anything like that. Or people like Angel Hernandez wouldn't be umpiring at this level. And as someone who has umpired a game, you and me both, we understand that the umpire is what drives the game and can make or break an audience's enjoyment. I think Joe West was telling a story on his podcast. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember the player that he was talking to, but the player was upset with a call that he made at second base. And he was like, uh, my, I think he was like, my dad could have made a better call than that. And Joe West was like, "Well, I was down in Cuba in '89. I could be your dad." I saw that. That that was a that was a good response. That that's funny. But some umpires like lighthearted, like the stare down that Joe West and Madison Bumgarner. That had. was a good one. It was 15 seconds of just pure entertainment. But nothing ever came of that except for you know the next pitch. Yep, pretty much. Right. But umpiring is such an interesting thing because the entirety of the game rides on you, your accuracy and how well you're going to, or how your attitude dictates a game. And I had coaches teach me, especially because I was a catcher and I was right there next to the home plate umpire, is that you have to learn their strike zone in that first inning and you cannot make comments about the umpire, especially while you're catching or batting. Because any kind of negative comment towards that umpire dictates how they're going to call the rest of the game for your team. And I've seen it happen a couple times. Like even me going in as like a backup or me coming up to bat as like the DH and we have our, our other catcher behind the plate, they'll say something stupid, right? And then all of a sudden our strike zone is four inches wider or, you know, their strike zone is four inches smaller. You know what I mean? So... Umpiring is a, is a slippery, slippery slope, and it's disappointing to see it's a, that... It's a tough job. It's disappointing, though, to see the uh, that high of a level not being, I don't know, it's just, regulated. It's disappointing to see them come out with an agenda. Yeah, almost. Once again, thank you, Nevin, for joining me. Uh, you will be probably on the next episode as well, if we can slide that into your busy, busy, busy schedule. Busy man. That's an inside joke. Um, but once again, thank you for listening to the 40 man podcast. Once again, my name's Devin. I'm joined by Nevin and you can go ahead and do us a big favor by liking and following on any of your respective listening platforms, be that Spotify, Amazon music, Apple podcasts, Google podcast, uh, cast box, wherever you find your niche podcast market. You can also do us a favor by sharing the podcast to any of your friends or family who may be interested Uh, in listening to a baseball podcast done by a bunch of college kids. On top of that, you can go ahead and follow the podcast on Twitter at The 40 Man Podcast. That is at T-H-E-4-0-M-A-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T on Twitter. And once again, thank you so much for joining us on The 40 Man Podcast. My name is Devin Bomsch and I'm joined by Nevin Drake. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.